0: Please keep your Bibles open at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. You have three stages of life. So the message this morning is Jesus for the three stages of life. You can tell Dan. Jesus for the three stages of life. Let's pray and let's begin the study in these verses. Father, we praise you for the gift of your Son. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you willingly came. We praise you, Holy Spirit, for bringing it down through the centuries and into our very hearts. We praise you for the grand unity of the triune God. We thank you, Father, for, for the mutual submission, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one to another. We thank you, Father, that you, the one, the true, and the living God, with three expressions beyond our comprehension, you've never had an argument, you've never had a disagreement. You're always in unity, in purpose, and in every way. You are great and glorious. Father, help us in these moments together as we approach the Lord's table to rejoice afresh and anew at the grand provisions of Jesus for all the stages of our life. And for this we pray and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read these verses again. We'll be looking at them one by one as we go along. But, um, this will be from the new KJV. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest entering the most holy place every year with the blood of another, He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, unto salvation. So, for your past, Jesus appeared to make atonement for your sin. Uh, That word atonement is a a great word in the concept of atoning, uh, the means by which there is complete satisfaction for the penalty of sin. In the past, Jesus came once, and once for all time, and made atonement for sinners. In other words, he paid sin's wages in the sinner's place. This is not new information I think to 99% of us. But here's the reality. This will mean nothing to you. Until or unless. You become personally convicted. That you are a sinner. Under the wrath of God. Needing atonement. Needing forgiveness. There are many who are happy to talk about Jesus. And speak of their belief in Jesus. And so many things. But the Starting place is to be convicted of my sin. I'll never value Jesus. I'll never, I can go through the motions, and we would encourage you not to. Don't go through the motions at the Lord's table unless you are one who, when you take that bread and take that cup, you are testifying from your heart and afresh to the Lord I am a sinner. Now, in Christ, you're more than a sinner. But you're still a sinner. The great apostle Paul who told us so much about the wonders of being in Christ. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. You ought to have an argument with him this morning. And so should I. Verse 26. Now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Of course, sin is rebellion against God. Sin is an expression of fallen man's hatred of God. You say, I don't hate God. That's your opinion. His is different. His is the one that counts. Romans 8:7. The natural man's heart is at enmity against God. That's a nice way of saying we naturally hate God. Uh, we don't mind his blessings, but we have no desire to be under his lordship in submission to him. Sin has brought us under the curse of God's holy law. Sin has placed upon us the sentence of death, eternal death. Punishment. Sin shuts the door to hope. In the courtroom of God, we are found guilty and deserve justice. People who are Complaining that God doesn't save everybody, don't understand the Bible. The wonder is that God saves anybody, for we all deserve justice. And there's an incredible wideness in the mercy of God, and that's what His atonement is all about. Now, it's not easy for sin's penalty and power to be put away. Have we considered that lately? Cain thought he could do it with fruits and vegetables. Nice fruits and vegetables. The cream of the crop. But there was nothing in that offering that revealed that he was a sinner under the wrath of God. And God has decreed that only by the shedding of blood can there be forgiveness of sin. All the blood of the beasts and the animals of all the Jewish altars that were slain. Can you imagine the amount of blood? The number of animals. None of that could give, could give a guilty conscience peace and wash away the stain of sin. Now in the Old Testament, those who saw through that and looked forward to faith in Christ, they experienced wonders of his grace. The hymn writer has it right. Not all the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no longer know? Could my fears for, could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Christ must save and Christ alone. Have you come to Christ for him to pay your sin debt? Only the sacrifice of Christ at Calvary is enough. And it's completely enough. He died once, and that was enough. But now once in the end of the world he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. When Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished, he meant it. He was right. Finished, complete. Complete. So when we come to the Lord's table, we celebrate and rejoice in the once and for all complete, finished offering at Calvary made 2,000 years ago. There are millions of people today, all across the world, who are still attempting to add something to that. That's not sufficient. And so we have religious figures standing before people trying to offer sacrifices with great sincerity. But when God's spirit takes control and shows you that, you know, God blesses the humble, God resists the proud, and it is a sign of humility when I take God at his word. And don't add to it. And don't change it. Oh, but we have the traditions of men. You embrace those and you'll perish. It is finished. And so that's what we celebrate. When we come. And and, and these are sacred moments. We have two ordinances that we understand from the New Testament. The ordinance of baptism. The ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And... In many, in many evangelical circles, that's just routines and rituals. So much so. I've been stunned and appalled. A few years ago, I turned on a, uh, a Facebook thing post from a pastor. And they'd had a baptismal service. And when the like, 10, 11, 12-year-old boy started, it was his turn to come into the pool. He ran and cannonballed. Right into the pool. And everybody laughed, thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. There was no conviction of death to my old life, sins buried in the blood of Jesus, pictured by death, the water picturing death, burial, resurrection. How cheap! How tragic to cheapen this profound event. And there have been many others and they didn't cannonball. But they're just going through. I had many parents over the years. Uh, I want my son to be baptized. I want my child to be baptized. I want you to get my son or daughter ready for baptism. As if if we do that little routine or ritual, we're good. We're okay. And so many go into that pool as a dry sinner and come out as a wet sinner never having been born again and come to the Lord's table. Ritual and routine. No thought. This is necessary because I'm a sinner. And Jesus paid my sin debt. Thank you, Jesus. Thankfully, God tells us in his holy word that he is fully satisfied with the once and for all offering of Jesus on the cross. He signaled it. We know from the Old Testament that one of the earthly symbols of separation between God and man that sin had caused... In the temple, as they attempted to worship God, there was a thick curtain that formed a wall between the area in which the Arianic priesthood could minister, and then the holy of holies where God uniquely dwelt. Scripture tells us that the day that Christ yielded up His spirit, the Scripture in Matthew 27:51 says, "Behold, the veil of the temple was torn." In two, from top to bottom. A signal from God Almighty. I'm well pleased. I'm satisfied with this work. The removal of the barrier between God and man. The acceptance of God's work of redemption. But there was a greater manifestation than that. Three days later, Jesus arose from the dead. He was raised for our justification. Scripture further teaches us that speaking of Christ in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, when he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. The work is complete. The work is accepted. The work is totally sufficient. Now it's time to sit down. Nothing more to do. Now, we know in the book of Acts, there's a glorious moment when Stephen, boldly standing for Christ, preaching the gospel, being stoned. He sees a vision of Jesus standing. He wasn't standing because his work at Calvary was not complete. But dear child of God, I don't want to speak too much. I don't want to speak too little. But I think that little glimpse tells us how God responds when his children are found faithful. That's a glorious moment. But Jesus sat down. His work was finished. He having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time. Hebrews 10 verse 12 and 13 sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his, friend, till his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. And so again at the Lord's Supper, we come to celebrate and rejoice in the once and for all offering made at Calvary about 2,000 years ago. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1.7. Hebrews 10.18. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. In that sentence, what does any mean? When it says there is no longer any offering for sin. None. Nothing is needed. It's complete. I'm stunned at the number of evangelicals who have no problem of any significance. Oh, but they have we have our differences, but we're we're all the same people. We all love Jesus. Which Jesus? The one who finished, completed and is set down. Are the one whose work at Calvary was not sufficient. Over a billion people in, America, in the world bow down to that false gospel. And there was a time in, when evangelicals, Bible believing people, understood that that billion people was a part of our mission field. But not anymore. We have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. May I suggest to you that that's good news? You know, but none of this matters. Unless you've come to that point of looking to Jesus to atone for your sin. So in the past, Jesus was made atone, has made atonement for our sin. In the present, Jesus is our advocate. Verse 24 of Hebrews 9. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands... Which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, for the redeemed. In what manner? As our advocate. 1 John 2.1. If any man sins, speaking about the believer, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If we say we have no sin, we are lying. The truth is not in us. But 1 John is also very plain over and over again. If you're in the lifestyle bondage of sin, still living like the devil, still feeding the flesh, that's your lifestyle. You're lost. Ephesians and uh, Galatians tell us the same thing as also does 1 Corinthians. But Jesus Christ is not only... Our advocate, he is our mediator, and he doesn't need any help. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The Bible never presents Mary in any sort of role of trying to be a co-mediator are helping us to get to God. Are helping us to get to Jesus. Christ is the mediator of the new covenant Hebrews nine fifteen. The function of both a mediator and an advocate is to intercede on behalf of others. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, as we know from Scripture, are the Christians' intercessors. In heaven, Hebrews nine twenty four. For Christ has entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Hebrews seven twenty five. Seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them, the redeemed. Likewise, the Spirit, in Romans eight, helps our infirmities. We know how to pray as we ought. We know not what to pray or what we should pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. There is not one iota of implication or indication that that has anything to do with speaking in tongues. He makes intercession... For the saints according to the will of God. Romans 8.34. It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us. 8.27. Jesus Christ makes intercession for the saints. According to the will of God. We know not how to pray as we ought. But hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have an intercessor. He never misses it. The Bible is quite definite. Jesus is our only advocate. He's our only helper. He's our only mediator. He's our only intercessor. And His blood is the only atoning blood. It's for this reason that the Apostle Paul would say, I am determined. Not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So Jesus now is in the presence of His Father to represent His redeemed ones, and He's your advocate, He's your high priest, He's paid your sin debt. This morning as we come to the Lord's table, we, we look at Christ and his finished work, and, and we believe on him, and thus the question of salvation and security is settled. Here's a quote. Jesus, who has pled my case before the Father, is so well-pleasing to the Father that the Father, while looking upon me, Sees me in Jesus, He sees you in Jesus only. That's why we can, having failed miserably, we can still come boldly to the throne of grace because we're not coming on our merit, we're coming on His merit. This is why Ephesians says we are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah, what a Savior! Jesus in the past on Calvary paid our sin debt making atonement. Jesus in the present back in heaven is your advocate before the Father. And Jesus in the future is our hope. Hebrews 9 27 And as it is appointed men once to die, but after this the judgment, there's a day of judgment coming. Bad news for the lost. Good news for the saints. In verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him he shall appear a second time without sin unto salvation. There are different places and different scenarios in scripture where different words are used. And you say, well, how can they both be true? i never worry about, what How both things can be true if God said both of them. There is a concept set forth at times of the way is narrow and few that find it. That's true. I'm not going to question that. Neither am I going to question that Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. There's a wideness in God's mercy, ultimately, there's going to be a numberless multitude out of every kindred tongue, tribe, and people who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Who are, as Jesus prayed in John 17, have been given by the Father to him. And that may walk all over some of the theology that you've been taught. But I like what Jesus said. You're not an afterthought, Christian. You have been given by the Father to the Son. Hallelujah. No wonder you look for him. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. He suffered and died just once. He did this not for himself but for us. He did not bear the sins of just a few, but of many. This magnifies the grace of God and encourages sinners to hope in him. Well, I don't think God would save me. Why would you say that? He saved sinners. Are you a sinner? Cry out to him. All who come to him he will in no wise cast out. The many justified by his blood. The many forgiven by his grace. Many pardoned by his mercy. Many whose sins God remembers no more. Many sanctified by the spirit. Many given to him in the covenant of grace. Many for whom he now appears in heaven. And many who look for his return. That's in, your, that's in your DNA as a born-again Christian. Your home isn't here. You're just passing through. You're looking for the return of Jesus. What sins did he bear... In his own body on the tree, all kinds of sins, every act of sin, all that belongs to sin, its filth, its guilt, its punishment. What a horrible load was laid on Jesus. Our sins were charged to him and became his. He bore them all, yet he did not himself become a sinner, but he bore our sins in our place. And therefore, in Romans 4, 8, blessed is the man to whom God does not impute sin. blesses the man to whom God does not charge sin. So the devil comes and says you're a sinner. You deserve hell. Amen Satan. You're good thus far. You're going to hell. I deserve it. Is that all you got to say? That's about it. Ain't it? No it ain't it. You left out something. I'm saved by grace. All my sins have been laid on Jesus. He's paid my sin debt. What an amazing transaction. He gets all of my sin. I am now clothed in his righteousness. God the Father accepts me in the Son. What a Savior. And that's what we're celebrating at the Lord's table how dare we come to this flippantly? And let us not come to this not having come to Christ. To them that look for him with faith, hope, and love, he shall appear a second time. So in the past, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared once in the world to put away our sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus is our Atonement In the present, our great Savior now appears in the presence of God for us as our advocate. He is our advocate. In the future, the Lord Jesus Christ shall appear to them that look for him the second time without sin unto salvation. Well, you say, I believe. I've always believed. I hear people say that a lot. You ask them about their faith. Oh, I've always believed. Well, so has the devil. Well, let's 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 start over. This here's another person says, I came to see myself as a sinner. I could not pay my sin debt. Revelation was made to me that Jesus died for sinners. Oh Lord God Almighty, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Can't save myself. I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. Cry out to Jesus. You could be here this morning. Hallelujah. I, I've seen myself to be a sinner. And, and I came to know I needed atonement. And I'm trusting the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. But O oh Lord God. As one of your saints. As one of your set apart ones. And all of his children are saints. I don't see any halos this morning. And I'm sure you don't see one looking this way. But we're saints. Set apart for God. And Lord, as one of your saints, I need your intercession. I don't know how to pray like I ought. I've got things I don't understand. We're rejoicing also in that as we come to the table. And Lord, things are looking dim around here. My health is going south. The economy is going south. So many bad things. But Lord, thank you. You, you, You've opened my eyes by the Spirit of God and through the Word of God. I'm not home yet. I'm in a foreign land. I'm an alien. I have a home in heaven. That's where my chief citizenship is. And I don't know when I'm going. But I'm longing for his return. And so the scriptures tell us to do this. To come to his table. Till he comes. Our Lord Jesus Christ appeared once in the end of the world. To put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He is our atonement. Our great Savior now appears in the presence of God as our advocate. The Lord Jesus Christ shall appear to them that look for him the second time without sin unto salvation. Jesus the hope of our future. He's our hope. Let's bow our heads and hearts for prayer. Oh, Father, we thank you for the amazing wonder revealed in your word quickened to us by the spirit of our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's paid our sin debt, who intercedes for us, who's coming back for us. We're going to him. And for all eternity to rule and reign with him, to serve him. What a life. And all of the stuff of this present hour that we fret about and we worry about, that hurts us, that harms us, that causes us pain and agony, pales into insignificance when we see the big picture. May this be a day of rejoicing and encouragement in Christ as we come to your table. May this be a day when there are those who are seated here this morning. Oh, Lord God, I need atonement. I need forgiveness of my sin. Oh, Lord God, please forgive me. I'm a sinner without hope. I need a Savior. There's only one. Lord Jesus, save me. And we bless you, Father, and praise you for all that you will do all that you'll do in this time together. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.